and welcome to Gender Sexuality School. I'm Tara Goldstein and we're podcasting from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Today, Professor Lee Ayrton from the Faculty of Education at Queen's University joins us once again, this time to talk about an exciting new academic organization called Queer Studies in Education and Culture, which is becoming known by its acronym QSEC. Lee, welcome to Gender Sexuality Schooling. We're so happy to welcome you back. My pleasure. Good to be with you as always. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So to begin our podcast about QSEC, can you tell us a little bit about the organization, how it got started, what are its goals? Well, QSEC was originally started about 10 years ago by Dr. Andre Grace, who is a professor at the University of Alberta. Right. Um, And Andre created QSEC from the ground up. I so see. he began QSEC as a special interest group of the Canadian Association for the Study of Women in Education, I think it's called, and he has really built it. So single-handedly, Andre um, kind of created this space for people who do queer educational research in Canada to come together. Right. And then a couple of years ago, um, we had some conversations about it, and he uh, and he he was interested in having a bit more support to run the organization, and so my colleague Rob Bitsy and I... Um, we, yeah, we kind of came on board and right. this year QSEC has its first full elected executive, including you and yes. me as co-presidents. It's very exciting. <laughs> it I is. was so excited to yeah. be asked and uh, to join a great group of folks. So uh, what does QSEC do? Well, QSEC meets um, as part of the annual Congress, so right. the Canadian Congress for the Social Sciences and Humanities. It's kind of like the academic Woodstock of Canada that happens in a different uh, university every year. Right. And so we are part of the, the education one, which, as they tell me, is the biggest one. I see. So the education group, the CSSE, is the largest organization that meets at Congress. Um, but there's also a great opportunity there for folks who do more interdisciplinary work to go to, like, the Sexuality Studies Association and CSSE. Um, so that's really good for a lot of people. So QSEC is kind of like the queer SIG of AERA, but for right. Canada. So okay. we, we have a lot of people doing work in Canada around gender and sexual diversity, uh, but we don't, oftentimes when uh, we go down to more American conferences that kind of fly as the international ones, we, it's, as a Canadian, I go down there and I, I learn very quickly just how different our various contexts are from the, from the realities of many of my American colleagues on the ground. So QSEC tries to um, tries to offer a Canadian conversation because we actually have a very we have very different sets of laws. Right. Um, we have different terms. We have different kinds of social norms and expectations around gender and sexual diversity in Canada, and those can get really drowned out in American forums. So I'm really hoping that uh, last year and upcoming, and so for the two years that you and I are co-presidents and beyond, that we we grow QSEC. Right. Um, that we involve. We involve folks at all career stages in the sort of academic gender and sexuality world in Canada. Uh, We have a few senior folks, yourself included, who are part of it. And we had a really successful initiative last year, which was to ask senior scholars in Canada who study gender and sexuality to be discussants. So that means that they... They just ad hoc ones. Like, no, right. they don't have to read everything in advance in the session they're in, but they listen and they offer some sort of ad hoc discussant commentary. 
So we're really um, trying to welcome those folks in with open arms because we want this to be can be a place where, let's say you're a doctoral student, you can go and meet a potential committee member right. or an external and begin an intergenerational conversation, perhaps. Yeah, right. right. So you can yeah. meet people who might come to write for you for tenure, have different kinds of population oppor- or publication opportunities, and who are in the Canadian conversation because our work is different. And I do think it's really important to have uh, folks from different generations yeah. who are doing work around gender, sexuality, and education because so often people are the one or two yeah. or singular person in their department yeah. in their area who are doing the work and they don't have community right no. and they need community outside they do and there's we have a lot of doctoral students who are queer and or trans people or their work engages that stuff and they're being you know capably and what and what and um, kindly supported in their faculties but they are the only person doing that work right. so Hopefully, QSEC can grow, keep growing and become the kind of place where if you're an early career person or grad student, you can come and actually access some mentorship from people who are in this field in Canada um, who can share with you, like, how do you go on the job market as a gender sexuality scholar in Canada? Because that is very different than the States. Right. Um, so we, we really want to hone in on, like, the particularity of this place and right. what what work is happening here and what work is like more possible here than in a lot of other places and um, give people who are maybe isolated opportunity to find a community. Do you find that there are differences provincially uh, or is there enough that we have in common with um, our Canadian laws and human rights policies that uh, allow for conversation? Well, actually, on the books, right. human rights laws are quite similar. Okay. So I believe 10 provinces or territories have for example, gender identity and gender expression protections. Right. Some of them, the other ones only have gender identity, but it's understood that the, that gender expression is kind of right into that. And part of the work that I do around that, its implications for education is thinking whether that's different or not. But that's, I'll digress. I won't digress there. But um, there's similar law in the books, but the culture, like Canada is like the EU. Right. So we have like a, we kind of have a small community of scholars. So when I think about QSEC, connecting people that way I think about that much smaller Canada the academic Canada yes but geographically and demographically Canada is like the EU like right. we have tremendous diversity yeah so what it means to be even though there's gender identity and gender expression protections on the books in Alberta and in Nova Scotia and in Ontario um, what that actually what is actually happening on the ground or how other laws impact that is very different so I I believe if I'm not mistaken the Alberta um, United Conservative government has actually enacted a law that would require schools to notify a parent if their if their child joins a GSA. Wow, I didn't know that. I know I'm not so up in the Alberta stuff, but that is something that was looming, an election issue, and I'm quite certain that was passed, but you should verify that. Um, and that simply, the the problems with that are quite obvious. And I just, we would never see that in Ontario. Right. We'd never see that in British Columbia. No. So... Same human rights law, but very different. But different thing, other things undergoing that maybe folks can use that human rights law to challenge. Um, but it's it is a it is a patchwork, and that's why perhaps it's so important to have people from across um, the country engaged in dialogue. Because if yeah. there's work to be done uh, in one place, someone perhaps has had some success in in another place. Oh yeah, yeah. like. The Alberta folks have a lot of experience with, um, they have a lot of experience with 
thinking about how to do gender and sexual diversity work in a public public education system where there's a significant um, sort of like very like right wing and sometimes religious population who has different kinds of feelings about this about this kind of affirming content in public schools. And in Ontario, we have a situation where um, in the past 10 years or so, that influence has been felt in our public school system in terms of the like different, different aspects of the health and physical education curriculum. So we have a lot to learn from folks in the prairies, especially Alberta, about how you do that bridging work and how you, how you do this stuff in a context where that backlash exists. So there's a lot of things we can learn. From, from each, each other. other. Yeah. Um, Lee, are you going to be presenting this year at uh, QSEC? Did you put in a proposal? You know, I think there's three in there with my name on it, wow. but not as first. Okay. Yeah. So we have, uh, well, I don't, some of you listeners might be the reviewers, so close your ears. <laughs> uh, I hope you are. But uh, yeah, we have three different papers from our shirk, our shirk funded project that we are in the second year of now on, on gender expression and how that's being constructed by Ontario school boards. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, we'll look forward to hearing good news about your proposals. What about you all? Do you have anything in there? We, uh, my team, uh, the LGBTQ Family Speak Out team, did put in a proposal. Uh, we are very excited that as we come to the end of the um, project, uh, the end of our funding, it's time to do some reflecting on the different uh, principles and practices, the ethical principles and practices that underlie uh, the uh, project. So uh, we have a um, proposal that talks about that. And we've looked at some themes that ended up being important as principles, and we're going to talk a little bit about what those themes were and how uh, we created practices to make sure that we were meeting our principles. And generally, the goal was to make sure that we were honoring and celebrating and affirming queer lives. One of Mm -hmm. the um, important messages from the entire project was queer lives are a gift to our communities. And uh, although lots of the families talked a lot about uh, very difficult issues such as bullying and um, not being um, seen when their uh, families needed to transition, there were a lot of stories about resilience and resistance and advocacy and allyship. So we wanted to make sure that uh, we had principles that honored that very you know, deeply. Nice. So if we get accepted, we'll be talking about that. I feel positive about it. <laughs> <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Well, is there anything else that we should talk about in terms of uh, QSEC? Oh my goodness, just if you are listening and you are a person who does work around gender and sexual diversity in the Canadian context, but not only if you have an interest in sort of dialogue with stuff happening in the Canadian context, it's quite cheap to join. You have to join CSSE and then you join QSEC as a SIG. And the more folks we have joining, the more space we have in the program, the more clout we have, the more money we have, the more things we can do for our community. So please, if you haven't already, please consider joining QSEC if you are a gender and sexuality scholar or an artist or researcher or community member. And we'll see you in London. Yeah. We'll see you in London. Lee, thanks so much for joining us today. It was great talking to you about QSEC and the work that we hope the organization will do. 
Lee Ayrton is an assistant professor of gender and sexuality studies and education in the Faculty of Education at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Lee's teaching, research, and advocacy work focus on enabling individuals and institutions to welcome gender and sexual diversity. Their most recent book is Gender Your Guide, What to Say, What to Know, and What to Do in the New Gender Culture, which is available from Simon & Schuster. All right. That's our podcast for today. You can find this podcast at www.lgbtqfamilyspeakout.ca. This episode was produced with support of the New College Initiative Fund and from Doug Friesen, who is a PhD student at the Ontario Institute for Studies and Education. Thanks to LGBTQ Family Speak Out team member Kate Reed, sound engineer Lisa Patterson, and musician Doug Friesen for creating the music that opens and closes the show. I'm Tara Goldstein, all the best.